Lord, we pray. And help us to practically apply these revelations of Jesus in our everyday lives and our everyday walk. That we may be more and more like you and live in the fullness of the victory that you have obtained for us already. And the church shouted aloud, Amen. Amen. Help me welcome your neighbor, your neighbor to your left, to your right. You can be seated. Glory, glory, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right, I want to cover a lot of ground tonight. So we're just going to continue with the topic we, we discussed last week. Somebody say with me, love is a miracle. Or you can say this way, love is miraculous. I can hear you say it, love is miraculous. And what we are driving at, oh, by the way, Pastor Afolabi, you're welcome. Our pastor from Kingswood Oshobo. Please touch him, whether it's his spirit or it's his body, before I even greet him. Is, it, is there a physical body there? All right, just to be sure. Praise the Lord. Yeah, welcome, sir. Amen. When you walk in love, glory be to God, you are bound to experience miracles. The miraculous. Praise the Lord. So, we can also say that this way. When you desire to see more of God's miracles, more of God's blessings manifested in your life, one of the things you and I can check is our love walk. Our understanding of love, our revelation of love, and how we are taking advantage of it in our everyday lives. Praise the Lord. It's good for you to learn as a Christian to stick to the solutions the Bible provides for you. I see many believers making this mistake. So the Bible says, don't be conformed to the world in Romans chapter 12, but be transformed. This is still our season of total life transformation through the renewing of your minds. So where you desire to experience certain things that you are longing to see in your life, and it looks as if it's not there, whether it's in your health, it's in your finances, check out for answers in scripture, in the word of God, in the kingdom of God. Don't look for solutions like Nigerians try to find solutions. Don't look for solutions like Americans trying to find solutions. Don't look for solutions like Europeans trying to find solutions. Don't be conformed. Don't be conformed to teachings and doctrines that are not scripture. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's your marriage. If you're having challenges maritally, ask yourself, what does the word of God reveal about marriage? What is it about marriage that I can learn that I don't know? And allow that thing change the way you are thinking and how you are approaching life. Glory be to God. And you will find out that the things you desire that God promises you, they will become evident or manifested in your life. Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. This is why what we are learning in church this season is vital. Look at Jesus. You have financial challenges. Look at Jesus. What does Jesus teach? What does Jesus model? What does Jesus say about finances? Take that and allow it to transform you, change the way you are thinking, modify certain things about your lifestyle and your habits up until now. None of us is perfect yet, so there is no way you can wholeheartedly look at Jesus and you will not find something about yourself that you need to change. It's one of two things. You are either not looking, and it's only those that seek that we find. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Or maybe you are looking, but you are not looking well enough, so you are not seeing. Hallelujah. Maybe there's a log in your eyes or a speck in your eyes. Or maybe you need to go and see an optometrist, let them collect the lens of your eyes. So, you know, you can be looking at the clock and you are not seeing the time even though the clock is displaying the time. So I believe some people are not looking at all. I mean, if you are looking at it, you won't see the time. The time is not on the carpet. Some people are looking quite all right, but they are not seeing.
Praise the Lord. And you may even be seen, but you are not learning so that you can become like him. And that's very, very vital. Jesus is revealed to us in part so that we can become like him. That is a big part of us not being conformed to the world. You are not going to do it the way Nigerians do it. You are going to do it the way Jesus does it. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. You are not going to do it the way Americans do it. You are not even going to do it the way somebody that seems to be getting results is doing it. Because you may be lying, you may be stealing, you may be cheating, you may be babalawing. <laughs> Hallelujah. So please pay attention to these things we are teaching in church. We, we are teaching love. When we are looking into love, the Bible tells us that God is love. So you don't have to say who is going to go to heaven and bring God down for us. Mm -mm, it's not necessary. Who is going to go into the deep and bring God up? Mm -mm. God has been revealed to us. All you need is to look more closely at love and see something about love that maybe you had not seen before or you didn't know before. Learn something about love. Allow it transform the way you think and then begin to change. I want to ask you a question this evening. I want to ask you a question. We started this series beginning of the month. Answer me as sincerely as you can. How much or by how much have you changed since you started teaching about knowing Jesus? Even if it's just one baby step you have taken. Let me go a bit further. Since the beginning of this year, because we always teach the word a lot in this church, by how much have you changed? What have you seen that you didn't see before? What have you learned that you didn't know before that you have now, by the grace and the help of God, started consciously applying to your everyday life and your everyday work? That's important. Many times in learning, you will make mistakes. You will fall. You may not get it the first time you applied it. It may not work out like you expected it to work out. You may even have made a mistake in your interpretation and your implementation of what God told you. What do you do when you hit such ends or when you face such disappointments? Some people throw in the towel and quit. Somebody say, not me, not me, not me. Let me tell you what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to take another look. Praise the Lord. And see something again. And do something again. Hallelujah. So love is miraculous. We talked about that last week. And we said it is activated when it begins to motivate you. Love is what is driving the way you are thinking. Not your need. Not your need. Not your problem. These are things we should be careful about. Sometimes our problems drive us. Drive us to pray. Drive us to do what we are doing. Drive us into depression. You don't activate love by being depressed. You may be going through the toughest challenges you've ever faced in your life. Understand how love operates. It, it drives your thoughts. It tells you to start thinking in a different way. Start thinking like Jesus. It drives your words, hallelujah, and it drives your actions. And that's where you and I need to be. And for us to be able to operate love in that dimension, we must know it, hallelujah. Somebody pray with me tonight, say, Heavenly Father, grant me again tonight revelations of love. Grant me revelations of Jesus. Let me see things. Let me know things about love that I can apply to my everyday life. Hallelujah. Are you with me tonight? So I want to talk with you tonight about something I've titled Strengthening Your Bond or Your Connection of Love. Just, again, going deeper in love, teaching love, learning love. And why are we doing that? Because Jesus is love. If we claim we know Jesus and we are not in love, no, you have missed it by a country mile. Hallelujah. Why? God is love. 
God is love. And this is one of my main points for you to catch tonight. Because we are talking about knowing love. If you know love, you know Jesus. If you know Jesus, you know love. Praise the Lord. Love works like a glue. That came directly from the Holy Ghost. I would suggest you write it down. <laughs> love. We are talking about love. It, it works like a glue. Please, if you, if you walk in love, and I'm not going to spend more time about that. This, you, you are, if, you are, if you're coming to this church for any reason, period of time, you should know about the power of love. And that's part of what we are teaching, operating in the power, this miraculous power of love. Love never fails. 1 Corinthians 13, 8 says, if I can get love right, the way I ought to get it right, I will never fail in any endeavor. In fact, if I'm seeing failure, or I'm experiencing failure, or I'm manifesting failure in a certain aspect of my life, one of the things I should check is how I'm doing love. Because love never fails. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. So, with that in the back of my mind, understand that love works like a glue. It works like a bond. Let me use some synonyms here. And I'm going to give you scripture in a moment. It works like a bond or a connector. Love, love this, how love operates, it connects. Or a hanger. Or a holder. Love works like a glue. And one synonym you may not fully have thought about is, which we see in scriptures, is a root. What does a root do? It glues that tree to the ground. Connects the tree to the ground. Fixes the tree to the ground. Love works like glue. Hallelujah. Praise God. If love is not there, and that can be in two folds, as in it's not there at all, or it's not there as it ought, in the measure it ought to be, things begin to fall apart. Why? Love, love works like a glue. You see, a glue holds things together. When love is not there, so when marriages fall apart, love is not there. When finances fall apart, love is not there. When goals, dreams, desires fall apart, love is not there. Love works like a glue. If it is not there as it ought, so, ah, pastor, I have love, but things are still falling apart. It means you don't have it in the measure you have to have it. That can be quantitatively or qualitatively. You know, there are some glues, you put it together, you hold things, and you just pull it, 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 it has removed. It's, you have glue, all right, so you have the gum, but it's not strong enough. Then the quantity you, of that glue you have is just not enough. I mean, the glue I'm going to use to stick two pieces of paper together is not the same glue I'm going to, if I want to um, hold a pulpit like this on the ground together. I will need more quantity. When love is not there, or it's not there in the measure, in the portion, in the quality, in the dimension it ought to be, things begin to fall apart. That's a big answer for many of us. When we start seeing things falling apart... Spiritual life falling apart, prayer life falling apart. Just run back into the place of love. Because love works like a glue. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. So let, let, let's quickly look at some scriptures. I, I want to tell you about three or four other things. But listen to what Apostle Paul was teaching us in Romans chapter 8. And just watch one thing I want to bring out here. Verse 35. What shall separate us from the love of God? From the love of Christ? Shall tribulation distress, persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. Now, it points out something very powerful to us. When the challenges of life come at us, tribulation, um, distress. I mean, if you live in Lagos, you will know about distress. Nepal distress, traffic distress, economic distress. Look at what is telling you something very powerful. It's salient, but look at it very closely. When those things come, one of their major missions is to separate you from love. That's amazing. Of all the things, distresses and tribulation and nakedness and peril and sword can come to do, 
can you imagine what Paul is saying us to be wary, to be wary of? One thing, they want to separate you from love. Why? Why does the devil do that? Or why is that a goal of Satan? Because he knows once I can detach you from love, every other thing will fall apart. Because love is what holds everything together. Please think about your challenges in this light. Again, don't look for solutions like Europeans. Look for it like the Bible tells you. He's telling you here that challenges that I faced, in, and what was, those, that list there was the things he faced in ministry. They came to separate me from the love of Christ. And Paul now responded and said something powerful. Glory be to God. Verse 38, I am persuaded that neither death nor life, somebody is not going to die. And I'm now going to start doubting the love that God has for me. Or somebody is not going to live. Pastor Joshua was telling you to pray to kill your enemies today. I called him and said, no, don't, don't teach them to pray that kind of prayer. Before somebody goes to go and start praying for his uncle or his auntie to die now. <laughs> somebody is not, it's not, it's not somebody you don't like or so. And they now leave. And you are now doubting whether God loves you. He said, no, death or life, some things as powerful as death or life. Neither death nor life, glory be to God, nor angels or principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. They have not even invented the problem yet. It doesn't matter. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other thing created, any other thing created shall be able to separate me from the love of Christ. He said earlier in one of the verses, he said, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. That's the power of love. It will ensure that you win at all times. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? And this is how love makes you win. It holds everything in your life together. The necessary things, it works like a glue. So these things come, just please catch the thought Paul is Pointing out here, of course, it's teaching many things, but catch this dimension of this revelation. They come to separate us from the love of God. And he said, I'm not going to allow anything to separate me from the love of God. In other words, nothing is going to happen or not happen that will remove the glue of love in my life. Praise the Lord. So he admonished us in Colossians 3.14. Above all these things. And if you read that Colossians chapter, chapter 3, he was teaching us to be like Christ. That now that you are in Christ, put on the old man. I mean, put on the new man. And take off the old man. That, that was what he was teaching. The, the man that you have been recreated to be in Christ, put him on. Consciously embrace his qualities, his character, his attributes, and he listed several things. He now made this powerful statement. Above all that I've taught you to do. Somebody say, above all. Above. Shout it louder if you are here with me. Say, above all. Above. Can you see that in your Bible? Colossians 3, 14. What should I do? Put on love. And look at that phrase. It is the bond of perfection. That, that's what love is. It, 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 it binds everything together perfectly. Love works like a glue. Why, why is telling you to put it on above everything else? If you have everything else and you don't have love, the everything else you have will eventually fall apart. That will not be your story in Jesus' name. But after you've got everything else and you have love, it will put it together. Hold it together. Keep it together. Hallelujah. That's how love operates. That's how love operates. It holds everything together and makes it work for good. Hmm? It holds everything together and does what? Remember that text in Romans chapter 8? Everything works together for good. We'll come to it in a minute. Love is what holds everything together. If, if love is not there, the things that ought to be held together cannot be held together. And that's why when Satan strikes you, when challenges come in your life, when difficulties come, they come to separate you from the love. And you should learn as a Christian, when you are going through your midnight hour, that is the time for you to confess more than ever before God loves me. That's what Paul was teaching us in Romans chapter 8. I go through all these tribulations, they put me in prison, they flog me, I have shipwrecks. Sometimes I'm naked. I don't have clothes to wear. 
Those of you that get depressed when you don't have the designer clothes and the sister beside you just bought a brand new bag. See, when he said death or life, see, somebody's leaving, they bought a brand new bag. If you're not careful, you get depressed. Okay, let me come to where the footballers are. So, um, Croatia beats us. So, Croatia has life. You, you have death and you're getting depressed. No, thank God. Croatia beats us or doesn't beat us. Jesus loves me. <laughs> Eagles qualify or don't qualify from World Cup. What is your story? I will never forget 1998 in my life. When Denmark beat us second round. I we beat Denmark. They flogged us. Eh? It took me a while to recover. <laughs> now, that's a small example, but let's come to real things. Finances. Health is challenged. Business is challenged. Ministry is challenged. If you are not careful, you will start doubting the love of God. You start interpreting why is my life like this in a negative sense. And that's the strategy of Satan. He deliberately wants the love of God to be separated from us because he understands. Probably more than many Christians that love is the bond of perfection. Love is the bond of perfection. It holds everything together. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Look at what Jesus taught them, Matthew 22. And I'm sure you know this story. They, that, a, a, a master of the law came to ask him, which is the great commandment in the law? Matthew 22, verse 36. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. Verse 38. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Amazing. Of all the commandments, the ten commandments and all the addendum. That's what the guy was asking. Which one is the main one? Which one is the number one? Hallelujah. You know, you won't see that in number one of the Ten Commandments, but he was not telling you the, the cocoa of the matter was behind everything. You shall love. Look at what I will now explain it. Watch, verse 40. On these two hang all the law and the prophets. Hang. Can you see that hanger? It's holding everything up. Everything you read from Genesis to Malachi. And remember, Jesus told them on the road to Emmaus. All those things were about me. Everything you ring that they hang on love. Love is the connector. Love is the connection. Love is what holds it together. If we take love away, they will all fall. Like a house of cards or a pack of cards. On these two, these two love commandments. Love God. Love people. Everything hangs on it. Apostle Paul taught similarly in the New Testament, Romans 13, verse 8. Oh, no one anything but to love one another. Why? For he who loves another has fulfilled. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Capitalize that fulfilled if you are taking notes or if you are writing notes. It's telling you something powerful here. So that is another, when we say love is the bond of perfection, that, that he told us in Colossians 3.14, love brings fulfillment. It holds everything together. Glory be to God. And what that also means is that it brings fulfillment and it brings fullness. You can never have fulfillment and fullness without the love of God at work. Or at work as it ought to be. No wonder the devil targets it. Let me disconnect this guy from love. Let me, contra let me contaminate this guy's love work. Why? Once I can hit that target, praise the Lord, everything else will fall apart. There can't be fulfillment anymore. And there can't be fullness anymore. Praise the Lord. Are you still in Romans chapter 10? Look at what he now said. Sorry, Romans 13, verse 10. Love does no harm to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Repeating the same thing. Galatians 5, 14. For all the law. Somebody say, all the law. 
That is all of Jesus. The law is talking about um, the, the old covenant there. All the law is one word. Even this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So it works like a glue. When it's not there, please, these are the, the four major things I want you to catch. Please catch it, catch it about love. We are, we are knowing love, studying love, seeing love afresh, and learning how we can apply it and adopt it in our everyday life and become more and more like Jesus so that the things God has ordained for us to have, we can have them. I don't know about you. Are you interested in having the things God has ordained you to have? I'm, I'm interested. Thank God for the one I'm enjoying. I want more. Praise God. You get more or you experience more by knowing more of Jesus, understanding more of Jesus, seeing more of Jesus. And what we are teaching here is vital. Jesus is love. So the more of love you know and how it operates, and more importantly, how you can operate it in your life, so that if you find things you need to change, you can now go and change them. You must know it to that level. You must know it to that level where you can leave church. Don't just sing about it in church. Don't just talk about it in church. Don't just pose about it in church. The, the revelation of Jesus and the revelation of love that you have must be sufficient enough that you can make changes in your everyday life. I tell you when that happens, watch out for transformation. I mean, outward manifested transformation. And this is a lifetime journey. You will keep learning and learning about Jesus. You keep learning and learning about love. Works like a glue, like a bond, like a connector, like a hanger, like a holder. Like a root. Let, let's look at that one. Ephesians. Excuse me. Ephesians 3.17. And it's still the same concept they are teaching. Hunger, bond, roots, the same concept. It holds things together. You can take away the branch of a tree, it will be fine. You can take away the leaves of a tree, it will be fine. You can cut away the stem of a tree, it will be fine. I love that text that said, at the scent of water, it will bud again. But take away the roots. In fact, leave the leaves, leave the branches, leave the fruits, <laughs> leave everything else but take away the roots. You have killed that tree. Why? What makes it hold all of them together? It's the root that holds the branches, the fruits, the leaves together. You have taken away that thing. That's what connects it to the soil, where it can draw nutrients, where it can live. Love is a connector. And that's the image Paul is teaching here in Ephesians 3.17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through him. That you, being rooted and grounded in love. Shout out loud with faith with me tonight. I am rooted. I can't hear somebody's voice. Say it with faith. I am rooted and grounded in love. And watch what that will do. May be able to comprehend with all the saints the width, the length. The depth, the height, the completeness. Verse 19. To know the love of Christ. Which passes knowledge. This is a supernatural kind of knowing. It is revelation kind of knowing. It's something God unveils before you. That the spirit opens your eyes to. And may the Holy Ghost open your eyes again tonight in the name of Jesus. That you may be filled. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. With all the fullness of God. When I am rooted in love, when I am grounded in love, I can have fullness and completeness. So that prayer we prayed when we talked about in Christ is the fullness of God the body and we are complete in him. That is very, very vital when we are talking about love. It is the connector. Are you still here? Uh, let me show you two more scriptures here. Very, very amazing. Um, so Jesus rose from the dead. And by that time, because of the death of Christ, Peter had lost all hope. He had gone back into fishing ministry or fishing business. And you know the story. I talked about it briefly on Sunday. Jesus came to restore him. 
It's interesting. I don't know. I don't think I have the time to do that tonight. When I was studying that Luke 24 again, when Jesus walked with the disciples on the road to Emmaus, when they finally saw Jesus as he was breaking bread, and they got up and ran back to Jerusalem, the, the, the statement they made is very amazing. They said, Christ is risen, is risen indeed. And they said this, and he has appeared to Simon. Now that tells me two things. Obviously, Simon was not in that room. I mean, that's how bad it was. Peter had just lost all hope. He was that connected to Jesus and close to Jesus, natural, physical Jesus. He lacked the revelation truly of who Jesus was. That when things happen in the natural, negative things, he just lost it. He, had, he wasn't in the room. But how did they know Jesus had appeared to Simon? Because in the discourse Jesus had with them, it wasn't recorded that Jesus told them. Interestingly, Paul also mentioned the same thing. In fact, in 1 Corinthians, Paul said Jesus told him that he appeared to Simon. He appeared to Simon. Stay very close to me. I'm going somewhere tonight. So what Jesus did for Peter was after he rose from the dead, he revealed himself to Peter. And this time, it wasn't the kind of revelation of Jesus Peter had before Jesus had went to the cross. Obviously, that one did not work. It was the supernatural kind of revelation of who Jesus was. Revealed himself to him, appeared to him. Lift your hands and say, Jesus, reveal yourself to me. Pray that prayer we've been praying again. Sir, Holy Spirit, I wish to see Jesus. That's what they said. I think I'll get into that a bit on Sunday. He has appeared to Simon. He has appeared to Simon. I pray for you. May Jesus appear to you. May Jesus open, open the eyes of your understanding. May you see Jesus like you have never seen him before. May you know him like you have never known him before. Hallelujah. And quite honestly, for those 40 days that Jesus rose from the dead before he eventually went to heaven, you see that in Luke 24 and Acts chapter 1. It's really the continuation. The same author, Luke, was the one that wrote Luke. He's the one that wrote Acts. What was Jesus doing? This is how they said in the book of Acts. He was teaching them of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. He was just revealing himself to them. Revealing himself to them. The risen Christ. Now, one of the conversations Jesus had with Peter, they recorded it for us in John 21. So, this time, Peter, they had gone fishing. In fact, not only had Peter gone fishing, he had now gathered some of his disciples, I go out fishing. He took them. He was, he was struggling. And I don't know whether you've been there before. Some things happened that shook your face. Do I have someone that has... Am I the only one? Uh-huh. You, you will see why those kind of things happened in this discourse Peter had with, Jesus had with Peter. You, your faith in God and your faith in Christ will be shaken where you are separated from the love of God. That's what Paul was teaching us in Romans chapter 8. These tribulations, these temptations, this famine, this sword, this nakedness. And it's interesting that sometimes God will not stop them from coming. In fact, some of you, the way you're looking at me, I can see that you are inside your own right now. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The more you need to hear this teaching, make sure it doesn't separate you from the love of Christ. Learn to say it over and over and over again. Particularly when you feel as if God is not there. When you are in a prison cell for preaching the gospel. When you, the thought runs to your hand is, ah, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Learn to say, God loves me. God loves me. Death or life, nothing shall separate me from the love of Christ. So, Jesus got up and verse, um, John chapter 21, praise God, um, from verse 15 to 17. So, when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus um, cooked some for them. Jesus said unto Peter, of all the things Jesus could have asked Peter, of all the things he could have asked Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? This is even a very interesting one. I'm not just interested in whether you love me. Do you love me more than you love walk up? <laughs> Praise the Lord. I came to the office today. They were watching walk up. I was tempted to join them. I said, I have service. <laughs> Let me go and study that. <laughs> We watch walk up Peter. Do you love me more than this? He asked Peter similar questions three times. Peter responded, Lord, Lord, you know I love you. Do you it was about love. 
it was above everything. Because God, Jesus knew that if Peter can get that right, you will get it right in the name of Jesus. It will hold the faith together. It will hold the prayer life together. It will hold the ministry together. If the love is there, more than this, in the measure it ought. Hello, somebody. Love works like a glue. Understand that about the operation of love. Romans chapter 8. Let's look at Romans chapter 8 now. Hallelujah. Somebody's life is changing forever in the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. This end of 20, first half of 2018, God is going to do something amazing in your life in the name of Jesus. I, I love that text in Acts chapter 19. They said that God worked unusual miracles through the hands or through the ministry of Apostle Paul. I prophesy over somebody under the sound of my voice. As you catch a fresh revelation of Jesus and as you catch a fresh revelation of love, God will do unusual miracles in your life in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Unusual miracles. Is anybody interested? Unusual blessings. Hallelujah. You know, I've been talking to you about blessing explosion. God can give you whatever he has given you up until now. Has God given anybody health here? Has God given anybody money here? Has God given anybody marriage and relationships here? Has God given anybody wisdom? Has he given you talent? Listen to me, child of God. God can give you a thousand times more. Blessing explosion. Whatever God has given you, it may look like a crumb now. God can explode it. Hallelujah. And one thing that will help you to experience blessing explosion is to have a love explosion. Hallelujah. Love explosion. Let me give you a very powerful straight line equation. The greater the love, the greater the blessings. Or the greater the miracles. Somebody say with me, love explosion equals blessing explosion. If the love of God at work in your life can explode, hallelujah, and I'm going to show you how you can do it tonight. If it can go to another level, if it can explode, I guarantee you, child of God, the miracles and the blessings and the manifestations of God's goodness that you see, they will equally explode. Hallelujah. They will explode. Praise the Lord. We need God to keep opening our eyes. To see Jesus and to know love more and more. Hallelujah. Romans 8, 28. And we know. This is something we need to know. Hallelujah. You need to know this. The author here and the we is talking about. Somebody say with me, I'm included. We know that all things. How many of them? All things work together for good to those that love God. Hallelujah. To those who are the called according to his purpose. Love works like a glue. It takes all things and brings them together. And causes them to work together for your good. Hallelujah. We must never allow the love of God in our lives to be contaminated or corrupted. In fact, we should keep abounding in it. Hallelujah. Somebody declare with me, I'm abounding in love. So let, let's read on this Romans 28. Look at verse 29. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined, underline foreknew, understand, uh, uh, underline predestined, to be conformed to the image of, this, of his son. That's what we have been talking about. You are predestined to be like Jesus. Glory be to God, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Verse 30, moreover, whom he predestined, he also called. Whom he called, he also justified. And whom he justified, he also glorified. Keeping these two, three verses in context, what is Paul saying when he said God makes all things together? And love makes all things work together for good. The foreknowledge of God. Plus the predestination of God. 
plus the calling of God, plus the justification of God, plus the glorification of God. Now, listen to me. You already have all those five things. Before he formed you in your mother's womb, he knew you. And he called you to be a prophet or whatever I called you to be. And he has justified you in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And he predestined you to be like Christ. Everybody has that. Everybody that is born again. And he has glorified you. As he lifted up Jesus, he has lifted you out together. When you begin to walk in love as you ought, the love of God will pull all these things together, hold them together and make them to begin to work for you. Where you don't have love, you even believe as someone that God doesn't know. That will never be your story in Jesus' name. When you're not walking in love, you believe as someone that God has not justified. Have you seen Christians that live like sinners? And yet they are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Trace it, trace it. The love of God. Have you seen people that God has lifted? He has, he has raised you up and made you together in every place. If there's no love, you will just be as if you have not been glorified. He, he, he takes all things glues them together. You need these things so, to, to, to be conformed to the image of Christ. For you to, to manifest that completeness and fullness. And to be increasing in it. You need these things to be working together. It takes love to bring them together. So, Satan doesn't target justification. That's too much energy. If I target justification, I have four other things to target. He doesn't target your elevation or your glorification. He doesn't target your foreknowledge. Mm, it's too late anyway. He doesn't target, he targets love. Let me convince Pastor T that God doesn't love him. Then before you know it, Pastor T will start living a life like someone that God has not foreknown. That will not be Pastor T's story in Jesus' name. I just want to use your name before you start thinking I'm against you now. Takes all these things, glues them together, binds them together, hallelujah, and makes them walk. Hallelujah. That's why you need to walk in love and to be growing and abounding in your love. So, again, what I want to show to you is strengthening. What did I title it? Those of you that are taking notes. I know if you're not thinking, you've probably forgotten. Why did I title the message? Quick quiz. Strengthening your, your bond or your... Are you getting what we are trying to talk about here tonight? Because if that's your bond and your connection with love is compromised, love will not be able to do what it's supposed to do. So what every believer must learn to do Understanding that this is how love works. It works like a bond. Your own bond with love. Your own connection with love. Your own rootedness and groundedness in love must be strengthened. Learn that and live that way. In this second half of 2018, we are entering to, we are entering in a few days and weeks. Be committed in your heart my love bond, my love connection will be stronger. Hallelujah. In the second half than it was in the first half. You can't do anything much about the first half. But bless God, you have a second half. Amen. If we had played better in the second half, we could still have won that match. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> I mean, I watched, was it Russia yesterday? 0-0 zero, zero at the end of first half. Came back in second half, came stronger. I prophesy over somewhere in the sound of my voice. As we wrap up the first half, and as we start the second half, you are starting stronger. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Think like that. They won the match, 3-1 at the end of the day. Three quick goals in the early part of the second half. Praise the Lord. Strengthen your bond. You see, we are connected to the love of God in three ways. I've taught you this many times. Somebody say three-dimensional love. Please catch this. I'm beginning to close. First dimension, the most important one. As Dr. K has taught us over and over again, the love that God has for you. That is your first connection to love. Your first bond with love. Know that what love, love, um, love works like a glue. So, your own connection to love, if you're 
revelation, your understanding, and the working of the love that God has for you is not strong. The things that dimension of love is to hold together in your life can be compromised and threatened. That will not be your story in Jesus' name. So, strengthen the bond of the love that God has for you. That's what Paul was talking about in that Romans chapter 8. I will not have this imprisonment separate me from the love of God. My, the love God has for me is stronger than any prison cell. Hallelujah. I am very sure the first day Paul prayed that prayer, I thought by this time tomorrow, God will bring him out of that prison. Because God had done it before in Acts chapter 16. One day went by, they didn't bring him out. One year went by, they didn't bring him out. Two years went by, they didn't bring him out. By the end of that second year, Paul was still saying, nothing shall separate me. He wrote the Bible inside that prison cell. He died there, but he wasn't separated from the love of God. And we are teaching Paul 2,000 years after again. I mean, still teaching Paul 2,000 years later. From things he wrote in prison cell. Can you understand that the love that God has for you is stronger than that mountain before you? Talk to me, somebody. Can you make your bond to that love stronger? So in case you have to be in prison for two years, it won't be weaker, it will be stronger. Can I hear loud amen? amen? Strengthen your bond of God's love for you. First John 4, 16, we've shared this text. Let me give you the key. How, how do I strengthen my connection and my bond to the love that God has for me? Let me give you the key. One major key. Of course, we can learn many things, but I don't have time to teach you many things, so I'll just give you one for each of them. We have known and believed the love that God has for us. How do you strengthen your bond or your connection to the love God has for you? Believe it. Believe it. Don't because of your distress. Don't because of the present distress start doubting the love that God has for you. That love was proven on Calvary's cross. Believe it. Whatever happens or whatever doesn't happen, let your response always be an ever-increasing and a stronger, God loves me. Hallelujah. Believe. That's what you need to do with the love that the Father has for you. Believe it. Believe it and receive it. John chapter 1 verse 11. He came to his own. Let me bring this to our context. He came to King's Word. You see, you just don't believe the love when you get born again. You believe it after you get born again. That's why they are taking us Romans 6 and Romans 8. If he did not spare his son when we were sinners, how will he not now with him freely give us all things that we are children? So we believe the love before we got born again while we were sinners. And much more, we believe the love now that we are believers. And we need that bond to be stronger today than it was yesterday. Oh, hallelujah. He came to King's Word. And some, let me permit me, did not receive him. Say with me, I'm not one of them. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God. To those who believe in his name. Hallelujah. Every time you believe in his name, you believe the love. It gets stronger and stronger. Hallelujah. You are going through a tough time. You believe the love, it gets stronger. You are going through a great time. You believe the love, it gets stronger. Strengthen the bond. So that love can have its perfect way. And put everything together. Don't worry, don't worry. I'm almost done. I will drink it after. God loves me. Number two, dimension of love is our love for him. And please, this one major thing I also want you to catch tonight. The way I strengthen the bond with God's love for me. Please catch this. Very, very important. I think it's a major, major mistake many of us are making. It's not the way you strengthen the bond of your love for him. I will say that again. There are three dimensions taught in the New Testament of the way love should operate in the life of a believer. Dimension one, the main one, the primary one, is God's love for the believer. 
Dimension two is the believer's love for God. It's possible for God to love you and you not love God. Mm. The one that can't happen is God doesn't love you. There's nobody that God doesn't love. For God so loved the world. Hallelujah. But there are many people that God loves that don't love God. One, they don't know what it means. That's why I'm teaching it. And two, they don't know how to strengthen it. Strengthen it. It can get weak. The same way you can start doubting the love God has for you. You yourself can start wavering in your love for God. That's what Peter, God, what Jesus was doing, Peter, do you love me? Three times. Peter, do you love me? The conversation was very interesting. God asked Peter, Peter, do you agape me? Jesus asked him, do you love me unconditionally? Peter said, God, he started using the other forms of love. I feel you. I strained you. I, I strung you. No, Jesus asked again, do you agape me? Peter could never answer. If you really study it in the Greek, Peter never answered Jesus, I agape you. He never answered the question. <laughs> he used another explanation of love. And yet, Jesus agape him. Thank God he changed after Jesus left by the end of the 40 days. But that conversation, he hadn't changed at the end of that conversation. So, you need to strengthen your love for God. How do you do that? First of all, let's explain how you express your love for God. You don't express your love for God by saying, I believe. Mm -mm -mm. That's how you express his love for you or you receive his love for you. How do you express your love for God? You express your love for God by obeying what he tells you to do. Eh, you need to write that down the way you're looking at me. You find out what he wants you to do and you do it. So Jesus told him, Peter, do you love me? Feed my lambs. That was his commandment. Take care of my sheep. Feed my sheep. How do I strengthen my love for God? I obey or I grow in obedience. I mature in obedience. Strengthen the bond. Understand the value that love plays in your life. Any dimension of love, all of them. Any dimension. Strengthen the bond. Because love is what holds things together. If love is compromised, things will fall apart. That will not be your story or my story in Jesus' name. Know how to strengthen the bond. For the love the Father has for me, I believe it and I receive it. Somebody shout, I believe, I receive. For the love I have for the Father, I obey. Not I believe, I receive. You don't believe and receive that one. You obey. John 15, verse 9. As the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. That's the first kind of love. Abide in my love. And you abide in that love by believing it. Verse 10. In now they're talking about another kind of love. If you keep my commandments, you abide in my love. This is not a matter of if you believe and receive. It's if you do what I tell you to do. It's not a matter of I believe I receive, sir. It's you, you do what I say. That's a, lovest thou me, feed my sheep. Lovest thou me, feed my lambs. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments, and I abide in his love. How did Jesus demonstrate his love for the father? He obeyed God's commandments. Down to the obedience of death. And now he has been given a name, I have a better name. Verse 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. You obey that commandment. You prove your love for him by obeying what he says. And in the New Testament, the main commandment, it's actually like the Old Testament, is to love your brother. The New Testament is a fulfillment of the Old. The Old Testament is a shadow of the New. So it's no wonder that the main commandment in both covenants is love God, love your brother. Praise God. Verse 17, the same John 15, these things I command you that you love one another. 
First John chapter 3. Let me quickly begin to close. Oh, I've already said beginning to close. Okay, second closing. Whatever you ask, First John 3, 22. Whatever we ask, we receive from him. Amazing. Do you love those kind of scriptures? Look at it again very closely. First John 3, 22. Same word, you say, whatever I ask. Ah, huh? whatever I ask, we receive from him. Amazing. How many of you want to live in the fullness of that? How many of you want to see the completeness of that in your life? Let me show you how it operates. Because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. It's an available provision, but what makes it work is love. And specifically, our love for him. Now, it flows out of his love for us. Quite honestly, these things are only split for teaching purposes. But it's important to teach. We love him because he first loved us. Even though we are talking about love, we are talking two dimensions of love. His love for us plus our love for him. The primary one is his love for us. But our love also matters. That's why Jesus had that conversation with Peter. Do you love me, Pastor T? Feed my sheep. Not confess I believe I receive. Mm -mm. Feed. You can be confessing I believe I receive and not doing what he asks you to do. Out of ignorance. Out of tiredness. Out of the cares of this world. Because of the world co-op. You must be very careful this season. Don't in the name of walk up, not do what God tells you to do. Because God's promises are also time related. Message for another day. Hallelujah. Keep my commandments. And this is the commandment that we should believe on the name. That's the first one. You receive it by believing it. Believe on the name of Jesus Christ's Son and love one another. As he has given us commandments. So clearly, even in the New Testament, we have been given a commandment to love. To love other people. To love God and to love other people. We have been commanded. And it's in obeying. Somebody say obeying. Obey. Make sure you love that word. Oh. Say obeying. Obey. Don't be a rascal. Oh. Say obeying. Obey. Obeying his commandments. That's how we prove our love for him. 1 John chapter 5. We read 1 John chapter 5 verse 4 so much. We never study verses 1 to 3. And every scripture is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. That the man of God may be totally punished. So 1 John chapter 5 verse 1, verse 2, verse 3 is as important as verse 4. Who can quote 1 John 5 4 for me? Let me hear you. Want to go? Say it now. I know you know it. Mm. Huh? It's Wednesday service. Okay, even if you miss it, we'll just do. Let me hear you want to go. Chorus. Uh -huh. You like that one because this is the victory that overcomes the world. I'll be even have faith. Quote first John 1 to 3 for me. <laughs> I didn't say read, I said quote. You are reading. That's not what I'm asking you to do. Let's read first John 1 to 3. <laughs> 5 verse 1 to 3. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Son, Jesus Christ is born of God. Jesus, Jesus is the Christ is born of God. When you believe that Jesus Christ is born again. And everyone who loves him who begot, that is God the Father, also loves him who is begotten of him. That is Jesus. Verse 2. By this we know that we love the children of God. How do we know we love children of God? When we love God and keep his commandments. When we love God, is telling you how you strengthen, manifest, display your love for God. Keep his commandments. And his commandments, look, read on. For this is the love of God. What is the love of God? Read now. Oh, you don't want to go home. The love of God is what? You know, we have text that tells us this is love. Jesus came and died for us. Yes, that's one dimension. But this is also love that we do what? Are we not talking about the same thing? Yes. Just different dimensions. And these commandments are not burdensome. Don't let anybody tell you you can't love the brethren. You can. The love of God has been shared abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. 
Hallelujah. So you strengthen your connection, your bond to that love by walking in the commandment of love. The second one and the third one are so interwoven. In fact, John said it in one of his, um, in one text in the epistle, you can't say you love God when you can't love your brother that you can see because you can't see God. And that's why he's teaching you there. We know that we love the brethren when we keep God's commandments. It's in loving God that we love the brethren. And in loving the brethren, we are loving God. Hallelujah. And of course, the third one is our love for others. That's, that's the third dimension. So the, the first dimension is God's love for us, or God's love for me. You strengthen that by faith. You don't do anything for that one. You can't do anything for it. It's giving gratis. While you are yet sinners, Christ died for you. You just believe it and you receive it. Somebody say, I believe God loves me. I may have been in prison for the last two years, but I still believe God loves me. In fact, today, say that today, I believe it's stronger than I believed it yesterday. That's what, that, that's what I'm teaching you tonight. Strengthen the bond. So, you strengthen your faith. But there's another dimension. Your love for him. You obey. So, maybe you were not obeying yesterday. Fighting with your husband. Fighting with your wife. Fighting with your friends. Fighting with your colleague. Fighting with your pastor. Wives, please love your husbands better today than yesterday. Husbands, love your wives better than yesterday. Pastor, love your church better today. Church, love your pastor better. Because that is the commandment of God to us. God checks whether you love him by what you do to the brethren. Or what you don't do to the brethren. Strengthen that. And the third one is our love for others. Quickly, let me close. First John 3.16. Again, all these things are interwoven. We love him because he first loved us. So, our love for God is predicated on his love for us. And our love for God is demonstrated by loving the brethren. So, one and two are connected. Two and three are connected. It's, it's the same thing. It's not that God has three different kinds of love. The same love is just on three different dimensions. And we should learn them because it was written for us to know. Somebody say, I know love. Verse 16, by this we know love. That's the thing, knowing love. Because he laid down his life for us. So it always starts with God's love for us. And it doesn't end with God's love for us. Starts with God's love, but there's an and. There's an and. We also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Following Jesus' example. Not that you should go and kill yourself on a cross. But follow the symbol and the principle. Pray for your brethren. That's what we taught last week. That's a good place to start. Lay down your life for your brethren. Verse 17. Drives it home in case you don't understand verse 16. Whoever, whichever director of operation or what he calls himself. If he has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his bowel from him, how does the love of God abide in him? Now was he is fake. Love is not working. So watch. I strengthen my love. I, I strengthen my connection to the love the Father has for me by believing. The way you do this one is different from the second one. I strengthen the bond I have with the love I have for Jesus by obeying. That's the main thing. Obeying. What does Jesus want me to do to love the brethren? A practical way is to intercede for them. A practical way is to evangelize them. That's how you display your love for God. Lovest thou me, Peter, feed my lamb. I strengthen my love for others not by believing, mm -mm. 
That's not what he said. Not even by um, loving them, because we are not talking about this love. It's by generosity. I should be more generous to my brethren today than I was yesterday. And I'm not just talking money. Please, that, I, I don't want to be using money. And that's why I'm deliberately using the word generosity. The way I forgive the brother that hurts me today should be stronger than I did yesterday. Generosity. That's what I meant by laying down your life. No greater love as is that a man should lay down his life for his friend. We're not just talking money. Because money is part of it. We are talking everything. Lay down your life. Lay down your time. Lay down, lay down, lay down. You will are very quiet tonight. I hope I helped somebody. Rise on your feet. Let's close. Strengthen your love bond.